I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women and I am a woman. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. This is part two of my conversation with the great Greg Proops, who I am thrilled to welcome back to the podcast from across the other side of the Atlantic. Greg, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Mark. I'm much better than I was. Uh, <laughs> you, I had to talk you down off the fence a couple of weeks ago because you really thought they were going to be able to steal it. And now you see not only did it, is it a landslide, uh, or as we like to call it here, a mandate. Um, <laughs> it's also... Uh, withstood what 20 something 20 what are we up to 25 legal challenges yeah he's tw- he's uh, lost 22 for 22 he lost he, he won one and then it was overturned so just to, to get people into the zone i know this film this podcast is called kermit on film we're not talking about film in this podcast we're talking about the election incidentally every now and then people tweet me and they go i was listening to your podcast i listen for the film not for the politics in that case find another podcast the two are not in you know they're, they're not separable i talk about film i talk about politics if you don't like it there's a bunch of people out there who aren't talking about it i'm sure they would welcome your patronage in the meantime this is half an hour of me and greg talking about what the actual F is going on in America. Because the last time we spoke, it was before the election, as you quite rightly say, I was, I was so worried that it wasn't going to go well. Now, since then, uh, there was the sort of three or four days in which the re- results were coming in. And then there was the glorious moment when it was called, you know, Biden has yeah. won. Trump, who, again, I'll, I'll say this quite clearly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Trump supporter, bye. I have literally, I'm not, I'm not having this argument anymore. I have no patience. But since then, Greg, it's been what seems like the lot. How long ago was it now? It feels like about a year since the election was won. And the, and Trump has just been throwing all manner of poo around the nursery Mm -hmm. in an attempt to Greg from somebody on the ground. What is going on? Well, uh, what we're witnessing is uh, slightly akin to what happened in Germany in the 30s or what's happened with the Tories, uh, you know, in, over the last four years, is that it's not so much a matter of why won't anyone stand up and uh, on his side and, and curb him from his excess, his lying and his destruction of American society. It's that they're complicit in it and they fully support it. Yeah. And that's a fact that has to be accepted. You can't keep saying, why won't anyone stand up? A bunch of people have. The guy he fired yesterday, Krebs, the head of cybersecurity, was a Republican. Um, Spencer Berger in Georgia, the secretary of state who had to count the votes there, is also a Republican and is standing by the vote count. So yeah, there are people who are trying to be keep society functioning. 
But your Lindsey Graham, uh, your Mitch McConnell, uh, all, all those right wing types, uh, Tom Cotton, whatnot. Uh, Ron Johnson, those type of senators are fine with this. They're not only fine with it, they're aiding and abetting it. What they would like is um, to use a movie analogy, uh, because there are so many, a seven days in May type coup uh, where uh, powers rested from the Democrats and kept in control by the Republicans, which then you have that one party state that uh, is so popular with Hungary and Russia and whatnot. Um, And I think that's what's going on. So he hasn't worked at all. He's been golfing at least four or five times that I can remember since the election. Yeah. Meanwhile, the COVID epidemic here is running rampant. And yeah, we're, we're really facing in the next month, I think, the whole healthcare system of states collapsing. And for the Republicans not to do anything or sign that giant um, relief package that's on uh, the Senate's desk, McConnell's desk, it's called the HEROES Act. It was passed mm-hmm. in the summer. And it's a $3 trillion jolt. They won't pass it because they said it's full of slush fund, which is hilarious coming from people who literally are a slush fund. (laughs) So that's where we're at. We're at an impasse here. On the one hand, there's the grinding wheel of reality. And uh, as someone once said, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And there's several screaming facts. One, Biden won the election and nothing's going to stop that from happening. And we think at the current estimation, it's about a popular vote of between five and six million. And uh, and the current count of uh, the Electoral College is 306. It's actually exactly what it was at the last election, only the other way around. They called a landslide for themselves. And it's way more votes for Biden than (laughs) even Hillary got or Obama for that matter. Well, of course, uh, I think, is Trump now the first president to lose the popular vote twice? I think yeah. that, is, that is a remarkable achievement. And it, it's hard to unseat an incumbent, even when there's a pandemic and a revolution going on. Uh, certainly Nixon was reelected. Uh, yeah. Again, in my lifetime, there's been maybe four legitimate presidential elections. Uh, Kennedy over Nixon, very sketchy. That one, every dead person in the state of Illinois voted. Um, <laughs> 64 was legit. Uh, 68, uh, Wallace jumped in and was uh, uh, the racist candidate like Trump. That was a, he was openly racist. Uh, he took away Humphrey. I think he, he cut the Democratic Party in two and it has never recovered. White men don't vote Democrat like they did before then. Uh, 72 was uh, the white backlash, uh, Nixon, Watergate, skullduggery election. So you tell me. 76 seemed pretty legit. 80 was the one where Reagan made a deal with uh the Iranians behind Carter's back. So that one, if he also a third party candidate ran and that always messes up the incumbent. And then of course, 2000 and 2004 were, as I've often said, I was surprised Haiti didn't invade us to install a democracy because they, <laughs> Bush did not win either election and yet he was president twice. So it's not unusual for this to happen in America. What's unusual is for the entire uh, federal government to not take up arms against this Nazi who won't leave he should have conceded. Uh, he's not going to. He's going to be drag kicking and screaming. He's dismantling the intelligence agencies and uh, the Pentagon in retaliation right now. And I believe uh, destroying records because yeah. yes. his accountability is, is no, a very big issue. So, OK, just to be clear on a couple of points. Firstly, in terms of the, the kind of reliability of elections, the reason the problem for me is this. Uh, all the investigations so far have said that this was actually the most reliable American election on record. And from both sides of the House, that seems to be the opinion. 
I don't think that anyone genuinely believes who actually knows anything that there's any that there's any chance that uh, that the election result isn't correct. I think that Trump supporters have been told something different and I think they genuinely believe something different because the tirade of misinformation coming from the president is so extraordinary and I so I think that's the case. However, um just to establish some ground rules. We are in agreement that there is no question that this election is anything other than what it is. Biden has won between five and six million in the popular vote and has 306 against whatever the, however, whatever Trump was on, 214. And none of these cases that Rudy Giuliani is earning £20,000 a day <laughs> uh, fighting. I mean, everyone said, why are they fighting the case? <laughs> I mean, listen, if just someone's going to pay me $20,000 a day to stand up and do it. Okay, so that, that's kind of understandable. But it seems to me that the prime reason for what's happening is to create a time lag in which you can create the impression that the illusion has been that the election has been stolen so you can spend the next four years crowing and crabbing of course i won and the other thing is exactly as you said to give yourself time to destroy the records to set fire to the house to destroy any infrastructure to make the incoming uh, government's job impossible even if that involves more people dying through the covid epidemic and destroying the records of what you have done I, that makes me sound like an X-Files conspiracy theorist, but I think you're on the same page. I want to believe. Uh, I, I <laughs> think it's, it's, it's not a matter of, it's of uh, uh, that this is happening in, in a covert atmosphere. He told us he wasn't going to accept the election results unless he won. So yeah. he hasn't accepted the election results. Yeah. Um, he has checked out of the job of president for quite some time. That was never going to actually happen. He detests work. Um, and, uh, so the idea that they're going to help us at any point is, is pretty moot. What can happen are a lot of positive things, uh, but not for two months. What's happening now is positive because Joe Biden had a meeting this morning that I watched with Jennifer, um, Who's my wife? Like Just for those my... listening on Friday, we're recording this conversation on Wednesday. So um, we, we recorded this 48 hours ago. We also we understand that it's possible that in the 48 hours, Trump has actually nuked the world or declared war <laughs> on Iran. But meanwhile, on Wednesday, this is the situation. Evidently, he had to be talked out of that the other day. Yeah. Um, so we were pretty excited about that news. Uh, and, and Biden's already put together uh, a staff. Uh, to help him, you know, uh, the people all around you, the ones that don't have to be approved by the Senate. He's also put together potential cabinet. He's also put together a group of healthcare uh, professionals. Uh, and uh, he's also meeting with all the heads of giant corporations and unions. All over. He's already done all this and he's already continuing to do it. There's also an army of lawyers led by Mark Elias who have gone around the country and put out all these fires, these 20 something crappy cases so yeah. he's moving forward as if he's the president because he is. And there are grownups on board who are trying to make things happen. And at the end of the day, there will be a transition. Whether or not uh, 45 attends the inauguration is completely moot. A lot of people are hoping he won't. I think everyone's hoping he won't. I think because the general feeling is if he, if he was there, all he would do would be an embarrassment. And if he's somewhere else, then that's fine. It's, you know, I don't right. think anybody, anybody wants him to be there he'd have one of those giant foam mitts on that says we're number one and be waving it around. We really won. Um, he, he, uh, uh, this will delight you. They're building uh, the scaffolding for the inaugural um, ceremony as we speak. And wow. it goes right near the white house is where they have it on Pennsylvania Avenue. 
Yeah. So it can be heard inside the White House, the banging and the clanging of them building the scaffold. And I use the word scaffold uh, that he will be exited upon his quietus, as we say, will be visited upon him on the 20th. And uh, our job as Americans, uh, and I love the support we've gotten from all over the world. Uh, I think Johnson is a terrible leader. However, Johnson had the wherewithal to phone Biden immediately and go, well, you know, the the other guy's out, you're in, let's move on. And that's what every responsible leader in the world has done. And so that has to give you some hope. Can I just briefly take a moment to pause? Because it just, and UK audiences will appreciate this, you have just used the phrase responsible leaders and Boris Johnson in the same sentence. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean... No, I know. You're right. You're right. When Boris Johnson is the high watermark, that's where this debate is going. But yes, but you were saying if if he hadn't, if Johnson had stayed on the track that Putin's on or Bolsonaro, who I don't think has acknowledged it uh, or the PM of Mexico, um, then you're you're a dictator. You know, Uh, they're they're the only ones. Even China called, you know, and every other country called immediately. Australia, New Zealand. All of our main allies, Germany, France, uh, uh, Canada. Yeah. And so if they're saying you're the legitimate government, then you are. It, it's not there's we just, the Constitution is still in operation, believe it or not. And even if he were to have uh, messed with the process enough that he could have still been in on the 21st, the Constitution dictates that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, takes over as president. So it wouldn't have yeah. it wouldn't have worked one way or another. But um, uh so I, the job for us is to um, uh, stay alive because things are really tough. And that, uh, that requires, I think, locking down like we had to do back in the day in March and April. And I mean, really locking down, always wearing a mask, no holiday gatherings. And it's not going to happen. Uh, it's going to get a little explosive after Thanksgiving here because Thanksgiving is a real sentimental holiday. It's when you get together with all the family members that you hate and argue while you watch the Detroit Lions football team lose. <laughs> And then you lay on the floor because you're having a tryptophan overdose because you've eaten too much turkey and mashed potatoes and you can't move anymore and drank so much wine and had an argument with your racist uncle for four and a half hours. So it's very important that we continue this tradition, which, by the way, was never a holiday. Abraham Lincoln signed it and it was a made up holiday. Uh, and, and the real story of Thanksgiving is so heinous, it doesn't even yeah, begin. Yeah, to be, exactly. The, the pilgrims I should say, uh, Greg, the, were great the, robbers, sorry, you know. Definitely. 
the last time we the last time we spoke, which was before um, you know before the election, obviously in in amongst the many things that have happened since then, Biden winning, Kamala Harris, both of them behaving mm-hmm. with already presidential, vice presidential dignity, setting up Corona task forces, uh, tweeting responsibly, actually stepping back and allowing Trump to throw all the toys out mm-hmm. of the cot without you know, without uh, losing their rag rather brilliantly. The one thing that, that we we didn't, we haven't discussed because we haven't spoken since then is the sight of Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani standing in the parking lot of a landscaping company framed on either side by a mortuary and a dildo store discovering that Trump had lost the election. If Amando Iannucci had written that in a political satire, it would have been thrown out of a script meeting. They would have said, I mean, the dildo store was just, I mean, that's the thing, honestly, that's the thing that made me believe in God again. It was like, okay, God is with us and on our side. Exactly. Like the Nazi said, Jennifer and I have been hysterical about it. You're right. We buried the lead. The real story is the Four Seasons Garden <laughs> Center in Philadelphia on one side, Fantasy Island on the other side, the crematorium, and that they really did think it was the Four Seasons Hotel. And, and I'm sure you've read reporters' accounts, including British reporters who covered yeah, yeah, yeah. it brilliantly. They were like, I called the Four Seasons and was very politely told by the desk, um, there is no event here today. And then not <laughs> actually even being able to believe that it was at a garden center. Then in the middle of the meeting, when they were about to call it, Biden got called for president. That was when the media, <laughs> so half the crowd left. Oh but also the, the, the joy of seeing inter- the joy of seeing Giuliani, somebody calls out from the crowd because the crowd are leaving. Uh, Biden won. what no he's won it's just and then so on one side death on the other side dildos in the middle (laughs) Rudy Giuliani being the last person on earth to discover that Biden won Uh, there was a couple of other (laughs) happy incidences Corey Lewandowski is there who is uh, a total moron who's been um standing for him you know for, for 45 for the last since he got thrown out of the inner circle he's been going around the country saying the the uh, election was a fraud. He came down with uh, the Rona and uh, the British reporter went next door and interviewed the guy who runs Fantasy Island, who's a very nice man. Yeah, and the guy yeah. had a mask on and the plastic up everywhere. And they were saying the COVID protocols at Fantasy Island were better than the White House, <laughs> which is a total. <laughs> the same um... amount of sex toys. But, uh, <laughs> there but is a... the protocol were better there. And the other lead we buried, and this is what gives me hope to carry on, is uh, Kamala Harris. So I, I really what we, Jennifer and I have been talking about the podcast for the last two weeks is we're going to have not just a woman, but a woman whose uh, mother is, was Indian, whose father was Jamaican. She yeah. is going to be right there, baby. Office in the White House, executive power, the first woman ever elected to executive office in our country. It's historic. The fact that she's black and Indian is astonishing. Um, Indian Americans are a giant group, obviously. And, uh, uh, well represented uh, in the United States. Uh, and uh, I think people are joyful over this. Black yeah. women, again, have saved the democracy and pushed her over the edge by voting in a giant block for her. Indian Americans voted for her in a giant block. Caribbean Americans, in their numbers, voted for Kamala because she's the daughter of all these places. And um, I'm from the Bay Area, right? You know, I'm from San Francisco, so mm-hmm. I'm already poisoned. She carried San Francisco. Biden-Harris carried San Francisco by like 80%. I mean, like it was off the charts. 
Uh, no county in California actually voted as much for her. And we live down here in uh, Hollywood. So there's Nazis here, but it was pretty liberal. Uh, but that that's the moment I think that we should all embrace is yeah. imagine well, thought- you guys have had two women PMs. So you're yeah. familiar with the idea of a woman PM, but both of the ones you had were wildly conservative. Whereas we're getting someone who's enlightened and uh, progressive, uh, able to argue her case. She's succinct. And you know what I mean? Like she's a great lawyer. She's a great advocate um, and, and a beautiful person. Like her and her husband love each other. Biden and his wife love each other. They get on stage and they snuggle and they laugh and they dance and they sing and they tell jokes to each other. And you see the grim reaper over there in the white house, man. He's, when he, he, he hit that press conference at a game where he said he won and then he walked off like Bigfoot or whatever. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the wife doesn't touch him. She's always batting his hand away. And But I think, oh, I mean, there's... I think generally everybody kind of understands that the relationship that he has with, uh, with her is completely contractual. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is, it's a business transaction. I don't think anybody, anybody thinks for one minute that the illusion of actual personal intimacy um, uh, no. is, is the other, I, I did wait up uh, to watch. I mean, I was basically awake for, four straight days, Greg. I didn't, you know, I didn't sleep. And when Kamala Harris's uh, speech happened just before Joe Biden, it was about three o'clock in the morning here. And I had been awake for about three days. I was in tears. I mean, I was in, I can't remember the last time I saw a political speech. I was literally in floods of tears. And, And I'm really glad I waited up. I'm really glad I was watching the television at the moment that it was called three days beforehand. I was actually seeing it happen, I still have, I still have that feeling of hope. And I remember, you know, Obama being elected and thinking, this is a moment of change. And I'd seen Kamala Harris get up on that stage and speak as eloquently as she did, followed by Joe Biden running on stage like the most awake person in the whole Uh world, and then doing a speech, the inclusivity of which just hit everything. He was saying gay, straight, trans, you know, I I was able people. I was in I was in bits and I was and I really thought and actually I think one of the things um, that I think is difficult about this period now is the stench of Trump just kind of I just want it out of the way so that we can just enjoy the magnificent victory and unfortunately all the press coverage is on Trump. There is a brilliant BBC journalist over here called Ros Atkins, who's been doing fantastic pieces uh, on outside source on the BBC News about, you know, what's been going on. And I think they've been great because I think they have been educational, but also kind of entertaining. Um, his piece about the, uh, about the, the four seasons is just a remarkable <laughs> piece of journalism. But I want to just ask you to look ahead, just say Trump carries on being the way he is. Do you envisage a scenario when they, because he's now said he's not going home for Thanksgiving. I think what everybody thought was he'd go to Mar-a-Lago and then he wouldn't come back, but he's kind of bunkered himself in because he knows if he goes out, they're not letting him back in again. Yeah. What, what would, what would the best, because I actually want to see him dragged out, Mm. as you say, kicking and screaming. Is there any possibility of that happening? Yeah. I think what the last four years have shown us is that there's a possibility of literally anything happening. (laughs) <laughs> Says we've seen him get elected. We've seen him cage children. We've seen uh, atrocities committed in our name that we never imagined could happen. A pandemic, a blue wave in 2018 that swept a million women into the Congress. By the way, 
the, the conservatives put in another dozen women into Congress in this election. So women on both sides are raging forward. Um, so, yeah, there's a chance he'll be kicking and screaming. I always thought he would split and go to Saudi. That was always my like secret sci-fi plan was yeah. that because uh, at the beginning of this, I wrote a two page sci-fi thing for a friend of mine named John King, who's a writer down in Florida who runs the Jack Kerouac house. And he said, just write me a little something. Are you, are you writing about this? And I went, no. And I wrote it in the style of a detective novel. Like I was a detective during the Corona. Yeah. And one of the lines in my thing was um, the Trumpkins kept having Corona rallies, which they did. And mm -hmm. I was, I was, just, you know, making that up. And I thought, and then you saw till the bitter end, they were meeting in their thousands to give each other Corona. Yeah. yeah the super and, spreader uh, rallies have been amazing. I have to say from, from outside of America, watching those things on television, I think everyone, regardless of political affiliation, have just had their jaws on the floor. Yep. I mean, you're, the, 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 the statistics for Corona in America are absolutely jaw dropping, yep. but the rallies, the rallies, yep. And he left the old people standing in the cold in Nebraska. He left a bunch yep. of people on the tarmac and endangering them. People had to go to the emergency ward. Uh, the idea that he cares about anyone and doesn't just want everyone to die is sort of taken a beating. Um, so there's a chance he'll be kicked and dragged out. My guess is he'll probably slink out uh, the day before or the day of and be really bitchy about it and hold his own separate press conference and try to steal focus. Yeah. Yeah. But that's they keep fine talking because, about him running that's, that's, in 2024, but I don't see that. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I mean, him, him talking about running in 2024, it's fine. I mean, he's, he looks like, to be honest with you, he looks like he's about to expire anyway. Everyone keeps saying, Oh, he's so high energy, high energy. No, he looks like, you know, the whole joke about him saying sleepy Joe, it's just yep. Joe Biden, you know, cycling, running Trump, unable yep. to hold a glass, unable to walk up ramps, frightened of stairs, you know, you see him on the golf course and you think he's not going to make the end of that round, is he? I mean, he's, he's not a well man in any way at all. No, he's mentally, obviously, wildly incapacitated. Uh, there's a very strong possibility that he's uh, an Adderall addict, which is a stimulant that people take. And he tends to abuse that. Um, chunks of it have flown out of his nose at several press conferences in the last few months. And everybody's seen it. Um, which is pretty weird that the press never kind of jumped on that. So, yeah, I think any scenario is possible. One thing I think we can count on, though, is that Biden and Harris are going to carry on acting calm and like adults. Uh, like you said, they haven't lost their rag, and it's been really noble of them. Uh, this phone call that we watched this morning with uh, all these healthcare people in Wisconsin with Biden, he was empathetic. He was uh, caring. He listened. Uh, he's so reassuring because he wants to engage with people as opposed to hide in a bunker, take a bunch of drugs and then come out and scream and rage tweet all day. Yeah. At this point, there's a guy named Daniel Dale here who's a Canadian who at the beginning of this was working for the Toronto Star. CNN hired him to fact check. So this poor man <laughs> has had to listen to every word for four years and he goes through it categorically and fact checks it, which he yeah. does in uh, on CNN now. So they bring him on. He writes it in the, on their website and he goes on TV and says, this was a lie. This was a lie. This was a lie. Today he tweeted, this is, we've reached another point where he's like, I know you're just going to say, this is what's always happening. But he's like, he's abandoned the truth completely. Now he is yeah. only speaking in lies. Yeah. It's also, he's I think tweeting in lies. 
And the you know the the the, the firing of uh, the cyber intelligence uh, head that that mm. is the it's the it's the the George Orwell you know two plus two equals five it it is there is now two absolutely separate versions of reality. So I think the the most important thing to say from I said from this side of the pond. Firstly, I want to I, I genuinely want to say thank you for holding my hand in the days before because you know I was really Greg I was I really. I was terrified that it wasn't going to happen because I, I haven't been to America for a long time. I, you know, the idea of going to America under a Trump leadership, I find distasteful. Yeah. Um, and I really was starting to think that, you know, it's like the Oscar Wilde thing to elect him once is unfortunate to elect him twice starts to look like carelessness. The <laughs> fact that it was such, <laughs> such a resounding victory. I know at the beginning, everyone's saying, Oh, well it isn't, you go, no, it is wait till the votes come in. And the fact that it's five or 6 million, that it's the most amount of people that have ever voted for a president. I love the fact that Trump keeps saying, you know, I got the most amount of people that have ever voted for president that lost. Well, Hey, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, take that. That's great. So thank you for that. Your enthusiasm and your positivity saw me through a really dark time i have had a spring in my step ever since this happened i just i want everything to be finished now so that we never have to talk about him ever again but i found this very cathartic getting out of my but won't it be great when all that brain space can go somewhere else you don't have to wake up in the morning and wonder what madness that i mean if, if he goes off and runs a television show fine if he goes you know i fine i we, i don't need to watch any of it Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, just like you say, having my shoulders come down, uh, having every joint in my body not ache, uh, being able to sleep without sweating all night uh, and having nightmares and stuff, it'll be great. Uh, And we're all really looking forward to it. It's a matter of like simple survival now and trying to, I always think about uh, when I'm really down, which is about half the time, uh, of all the people that worked so hard uh, over the course of 244 years of our so-called democracy. And by that, I mean all the women and, and some of the men who uh, had to endure intense racism and be denied their right to vote. And for it to end this way with uh, putting in a very nice man and a groundbreaking woman has to, there's, that's the payoff, you know? Uh, yeah. how, do, how does Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris get up in the morning? You'd think, oh, my God, she knows too much. She's on the intel committee. So she she sees what other countries are doing and she sees what our country is doing about that. Uh, and uh, she does. She gets up and she's positive and she has a sense of humor still. She can dance and laugh still. And I, I kind of feel like you have to hold on to that. All the people that have it worse than me. I have a house, you know, uh, I don't have a job. But that's everybody in America right now. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think that, by the way, Mark, it was my pleasure to be positive with you. Jennifer and I, you know, part of what we do on our podcast is really try to never sink into the abyss because it doesn't help anybody. And yeah. also, we're too privileged to snivel. Um, you, you, if you have any privilege at all, you've got to spread it around and give voice to other people. And, uh, I think you do that. And I think we've tried to do it. And uh, I'm not crediting myself. I'm just saying uh, Jennifer had to do triage on all of her friends on election night. I mean, you know, the phone was just bouncing around the room 
Yeah, and I was going, DMing oh you saying, what's going yeah. on? What's yeah. tell, I, at one yeah. point, I think it was four o'clock in the morning, I sent you a message saying, tell me it's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, and I did. And, you you did. know, I knew on the night because Fox News called Arizona really early. And when yeah. Fox News cuts, cuts you out, you know, yeah. to be honest, any other candidate, they would have called the election immediately. Yeah, but because it's him and he's got his death grip on the media, uh, yeah. they were too afraid to. My favorite, my favorite moment of the Fox coverage was Fox cutting away from the president's press conference because it was shit. <laughs> yeah. It literally came back and went, okay, well, I'm sorry, we can't broadcast that because that's just not true. And on the BBC, yeah. the BBC um, have, have done a fantastic job, actually. Um, and uh, uh, the, 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 the phrase that the BBC constantly uses, they'll have a bit of you know, Trump going, lie, 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 lie. And it'll come back to the BBC and there'll be a pause and they'll go, uh, none of that is correct. And then they just, <laughs> just become the phrase, you know, without evidence, there is no proof and none of that is correct. Anyway, now the weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really wild. And this is the last, in the last month, uh, a lot of individual reporters here, I wouldn't say the entire news media has distinguished itself and the, the post uh, election uh, cycle because they're, they still want him to dominate every news cycle yeah. and there's no reason for him to do it. He's, oh, he's literally irrelevant now because he's yeah. not going to do a damn thing to help the country or anyone. So it's best to ignore and try to just move forward. Um, having said that, a bunch of reporters here have started pushing back really hard on the lies. Uh, they should have been doing it for four years, but their bosses are rich white guys. These companies yeah. are owned by rich white guys and they love the tax break. They really did. They love yeah. the tax break more than they love the, the quarter of a million dead people. So uh, it's been nice to see reporters literally shouting down Trumpkins on TV and say, no, that's not true. You're just lying. You're just lying. You're just lying. You're just lying. Yeah. Because yeah. it hasn't happened for four years. We've, they've been given ample time to fill the air with bullshit. And that's coming to an end, I think. And yes, I can't wait for the day that his limo drives off. Uh, if you follow... Uh, there's a historian uh, who does telly here, and his name is Michael Beschloss. And if you follow his Twitter feed, all he does is throw shade at uh, 45. For instance, yesterday he posted, for his history fact, um, on this day in history, the Beatles released I'm a Loser. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's always like that. And then yesterday was a picture of Bush shaking hands with Clinton on the White House lawn as the transition proceeded because it happened on that very day. So every single tweet is a historical moment of, you know, just cutting him down. And it's really good. Now, Greg, if people over here want to be picked up by the sound of you and Jennifer, where do they find your podcast? Uh, GregProops.com, or you can go to at GregProops on Twitter. And uh, the podcast, it comes out usually on Monday but sometimes on Tuesday, because like this weekend we were crazy. And then the weekend before that was the weekend that he won. So yeah. uh, Biden and Harris won. And I wrote my guys and I'm like, the podcast is going to be late this week. And they were like, enjoy today. <laughs> <laughs> so gregproofs.com is where you can go. And then I do online shows that you can watch in England as well. And they're all listed under the website there. Uh, got a stand-up one on the 28th, got a podcast on the 9th. And then on December 12th, we're doing a Who's Line thing with Colin Mockery and Ryan and everybody and improv show. So, which will be fantastic. 
Greg, thank you so much. Honestly, you have been the beacon of hope through all of this for me. Um, you, know, you know, I mean, you and I are good friends anyway. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say again what I said at the beginning. Um, the politics is never going away. Having no politics is a political stance. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you're listening to this, you don't like the politics. Okay, there's loads of other things out there. Go listen to one of them. This is what we do. I'm proud to be a friend. And honestly, what a great thing. What a great thing. Biden and Harris is just, you know, has put a spring in my step that nothing else could have done, frankly. Well, thanks for having me on, Mark. And I'm proud to be your friend as well. And I couldn't be more excited uh, that we won and that I believe society got a reprieve. Um, (laughs) Greg, thanks ever so much. Uh, Thanks to both of you and uh, sending you all good wishes from across the Atlantic. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.